0: The makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Purine and Pret Cooking Fat, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, Maple Margarine and Niblet's Cheese Twists present the Epic Casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates... Good evening. A few weeks ago, I went to a race meeting at Germiston, at which Jolly Drummer was the hot favourite for the main race. He was beaten by Uncle Ben from the Oppenheimer stable. Now, whenever this sort of thing happens... certain wiseacres will hint darkly of sinister goings-on and what have you. Well, as I went back with friends of mine... there is no doubt that Jolly Drummer finished the race somewhat lame. What some people fail to realise... ...is that animals are like human beings. They have their off days just as we do. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the sport of kings is entirely free from malpractice. Where there are great rewards to be won... ...there are certain to be persons of questionable character... ...who will perpetrate every trickery under the sun... ...in order to get a share of the pickings. Why all this? Well, I'm going to tell you of a leading racehorse owner... ...who was found dead under circumstances that left no one in doubt that murder had been committed. I've told my story, Death is the Victor. I've already indicated my interest in the sport of kings, And although I was not a frequent race goer in England, one annual event I looked forward to was a minor classic in the English racing calendar. It was the thousand guineas run at Sandown Park. The invitation used to come from one of the stewards who was a friend of mine. His name was Ernest Giles. Well, what do you think of the favourite for the Guineas, Giles? I like it very much. I can't understand it. Can't understand what? The favorite. A waste. was even money a week ago. That's three to one. I think it's the class horse. I hope you're right. I've backed it. Well, we'll soon know. It's almost time for the all. the it and they're, under they're coming in the line now. It's a good line. No one's playing up. The doesn't be in trouble. And there goes the bell. The way to a fine start. Supply the showing with the money. Followed by April Fool. Gay Wasteful, the favorite, is behind the third and central course. Just behind her is insulated. Insulated is making a forward move. They've just been the complete. No longer those. Insulated is taking over. The green bear is striding out really well. Gay Wasteful is moved up their tool. Great Wasteful has been cleaned level. Great Wasteful has been locked in, their, in, their, in their, their clubs in the rain. Green Wasteful is taking over. Just behind the insulated. Still showing the weight in the running. Insulated is shining out really well. Love a boy has come on the scene. Love a boy. There's only a furlong to go. And it's still gay wasteful, followed by this lady. Looks like a match between these two. No, no. Gay wasteful is stuck in the air. Gay wasteful is winning like it again now. I don't think it's will catch her. Yes, gay wasteful. And think the link fair for enslavement with Lala Boys there. There's no question about it. Gay wasteful enslavement has fair winner. Well, did you back it? I did. And the bookmakers. I, I took two to one in one fine nurse. <laughs> well, don't let the money go to your head. I, won't. I ought to go to the unsaddling and congratulate the owner. Can come with me. That's uh, Congratulations, Scotty. Great win. Oh, thank you, Bob. Uh, the great horse. Uh, meet my guest, Inspector Carr. Oh, nice to meet you, Inspector. I've heard a great deal about you, of course. Oh, congratulations, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Moistro. a great horse. Awesome. I told you all coming to Germany in a celebration. links after the last race. Delighted. <laughs> ah, here comes the uh, every Well done, Dawes, old boy. And yes. a great race. Uh, I thought I was going to beat you at one time, Scotty. <laughs> uh, but you didn't, Dawes. Oh. Oh, by the way, Inspector Carr, meet Mr. Dawes. Hi, uh, Mr. Dawes. Hi, Inspector. Uh, no, I'll book the Tudoruba Claridge's for a celebration tonight, and you're all invited. Strangely precipitant under the circumstances. You're coming, Inspector. Thank you. For something like a hundred years, it has been traditional that the winner of the Guineas should give a banquet for the officials and others connected with the race. First, I joined the others in a victory drink in the steward's room, and then left the course. There were one or two things to clear up at the yard before my plans to spend a weekend of leisure. As it transpired, my plans went awry. Car speaking. Operations, yes, sir? Oh, don't tell me. Look, I'm off for the weekend. My duty ends, or it will end, in about three minutes. I've just come back from the racing. Uh, well, sir, a man has been found stabbed to death at the Percy Simpson racing stables. Percy What the... Yes, sir, killed with a pitchfork, according to the local manner. A man called Scotty Bayliss. But I was with him less than two hours ago. Ah, oh, no peace for the wicked. You say stables, are they near the course? Uh, well, sir, the call came through from Westerham... I've notified Dr. McPherson. Right, get through to transport, tell him to have a car waiting outside with a plan of how to get to the stable. Roger. It had been many years since I visited this small country town which nestled at the foot of the hill known as the Widow. Very soon, we were driving through a gate which said, Danger, Horses X. Ex- Inspector Carr? Yes, that's right. My name's Simpson. We've been told to expect you. It's all absolutely unbelievable. Yes, I'm afraid murder always seems beyond the realms of reality. I understand that you found the body. Well, it's all such a shock to see him lying there with a pitchfork in his back. Besides, he hadn't... Well, he hadn't given me... I don't know what I'm going to do. I realize this is a great shock to you, Mr. Simpson. It's more than that, Inspector. Mr. Bayliss said that if he won the race, he'd give me the state money. That's 1,000 guineas. And now, I'll... Well, I'm sorry if I sound so mercenary. We've been having a bad patch lately, and, well, I, I was banking on the money. That's unfortunate. Is that the stable over there? Is that where the body was found? Yes, there's a police doctor with the body. Well, let's go, shall we? I know I shouldn't be talking about money. Mr. Bayliss lying there. Hello, Doc. Uh, straight Ah, is this where it happened, Mac? I stabbed with a pitchfork from behind. Uh, I was stabbed at least a dozen times. It's quite horrible. Uh, the print might have been here. Mm. Any luck? No, nothing at all. You do find any footprints in this turf. And what about the time of his death? It was pretty warm in that stable. I wouldn't like the hazard too close, I guess. I got here about half an hour ago. Let me see, that's half uh, a six. He's been dead about an hour. I would say that he was killed at... Five-thirty, are there about. Five-thirty, eh? I was having a drink with him at three o'clock. You were now. Were you at the races? Yes, and I backed the poor chap's horse. Well, let's take a look at him. I inspected the stable. It became obvious that instead of housing animals, it was more of a place of storage. There, I saw sacks of forage, harness, saddles, and the like and the lifeless body of Scotty Davis. It was difficult to resist a feeling of compassion for the man who, but a few hours ago, achieved one of the most cherished ambitions, to become the winner of the Guineas, and yet not live to receive the tributes of the weekend newspapers. Oh, dear. That's sad, isn't it? Hey. Well, if it's all the same to you, I'll go over to Western Station to arrange for the removal of the body... There's nothing more I can do here. Okay, Mac. See you back at the yard. Hey, uh, well, good day to you, Mr. Simpson. Good day, Doctor. Have you got transport? I hey, thank you. My car's at the other side of the stables. Uh, all right, Mr. Simpson. I'm ready to take your statement. Oh, by the way, um, I saw you at the end saddling, didn't I? Yes, naturally. Yeah. Oh, well, let's go from there, shall we? What did you do then? Oh, look here, Inspector. You don't think that I did it, Mr. Do you? Simpson? Now don't be alarmed. Everyone is suspect until we get to the killer. Now. After the unsettling of Gay Wastrow, what did you do? I came back here. Immediately? Yes. Mr. Bayliss asked me if I'd like to join him in a drink. But I always make it a golden rule to put me horses in the horse box and take them back to the stable as soon as possible. But after the way she ran, I knew Gay Wastrow would become favorite. The silver challenge cup. Mm -hmm. And what time did you get back here? About uh, three o'clock. It's only a 15-minute drive from the course. The race was over at 2.30. Well, go on. Then what happened? Well, usual... Ted, that's one of the grooms who drove the horse box, helped me to stable the girl. I took my car and drove home. What about the groom? Well, he and his wife live in a cottage on my land. Who's left behind? No one. My house adjoins the stables. It's only 250 yards away. At six o'clock, I picked up Ted to feed the animals. I see. Is that your car over there? No, that belongs to Mr. Bayliss. I run that station wagon. So it comes to this... The race was run at 2.15, the unsaddling took place about 2.30. You got back here by three, stabled the animal and left for home with your groom, is that right? Yes. And you say that the last time you saw Mr. Bellis alive is when the winner was being unsaddled. I swear it. Hmm. Can you prove that you left the race course soon after the race? Yes, the traffic cop on duty at the gate is a regular. He'll remember me. What I can't understand, Mr. Simpson, is this... Why should the killer lure his victim here? Why the stables? Tell me, what about your groom? Ted, Inspector? Oh, never. Mr. Bayliss had been very generous to Ted. We've had many owners in these stables, Mr. Dawes, Mr. Gilby. None of them have been as generous as Mr. Bayliss. Why should he want to kill him? Somebody did. All right, don't look so alarmed. I don't think it's you. But I have a sneaking suspicion who that somebody is. Having reassured the trainer of Gay Wastel that he was not number one on the list of suspects, I asked him to show me the layout of the place. A survey made it clear that the stable grounds were completely shut off from view. They could not be seen from either the main house or the groom's cottage. I decided to have a word with Ernest Giles, my host of the races. I'll help you all I can, Carr, but it won't be much. How well did you know Bayliss? Did you know him very well? I wouldn't say very well. I liked the man. We rarely met outside the race course. Well, what I'm trying to find out is whether this murder is a gambling killing or not. All we know about Mr. Bayliss is that he's the owner of a fairly successful boot factory. He's a bachelor, and he owns half a dozen horses trained by Simpson. In which case, you know as much as I do. Oh, see. I understand that you, as the architect, were responsible for some of the extensions at Sandown. Yes, I was. Now, what I'm trying to find out is the possibility of going from Sandown Racecourse to Westrum, avoiding any of the main gates or roads. That's easily answered. Come over here, Inspector. Uh-huh. Now, there's your map of Sandown. Yes. Now, up here to the northeast is Westrum, and there are quite a number of the trainers on there. You see, it's only seven miles away. Now, a car would leave the race course through this opening here, between the trees. Yes. Cut through this ground. A bit bumpy, but easy to do. And that would take one on to the old dirt road. Good heavens, yes. That way, one would come out by Simpson's Racing Stables. That's interesting. Very interesting. Now, supposing you had to go to Simpson's Stables, is that the route you'd take? Well, certainly. It cuts off about four miles. Imagine the traffic after the Saturday afternoon's racing one took main road. Yet Simpson... Oh, oh, I see. Simpson wouldn't want to drive his horse box over that bumpy road. No, of course not. Not with an expensive animal like Gay Waster in the box. Now, I come to think of it, I remember Bayliss asking me to look at a yearling he'd bought at a sale. We left the racecourse and took that old road. and oh, it gives us a lead, but also a headache. Oh, why? Well, our highly efficient X branch will have to check on the movements of a lot of people. People who left the racecourse. Including me? Including you, Giles. <laughs> no, but quite seriously. Whoever did this thing will be concerned to establish his alibi. What about the winning jockey, for instance? Leatherby? Yeah. I saw him leave with Bayliss. You did, did you? What time was that? Well, you were there, Inspector. Oh, no, no. You left a few minutes before. Soon after, we all toasted the winner in the steward's room. Now you say the jockey left with Bayliss? Yes. Now, listen, Inspector, I don't know what you're thinking, but Leatherby used to ride for me when he was an apprentice. I'd stake my reputation on the fact that there's no straighter jockey racing. Oh, you may be right, Giles, but Bayliss left about three and he's found dead two and a half hours later. I'm going to have a word with Lele there. Mr. Bayliss? Oh, I don't know anything about the boss's death. Why well, question me? Because I'm hoping that Mr. Bayliss did or said something in your presence which could give me a lead. You would want the murderer caught, wouldn't you? Yes, of course. You didn't say that with any conviction. Well, listen, Governor, I don't know why you've come to see me, but I don't know anything about it, see? Well, I hardly knew the gent. This is the first time I rode for him. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. The trainer, Mr. Simpson, booked me for the ride. He did, did he? I understand that after the unsaddling and the awarding of the cup and the drinks in the steward's room, you and Mr. Bayliss left together, is that right? Uh, that's right, Inspector. It wasn't long after you left. I remember you going. What time was that? Oh, I'm not sure. About, uh, hour past three, I suppose. Where would you both go to? Well, I had no more right in engagements that day. Mr. Bayliss told me that if I won, he'd have a nice present for me. He said he'd meet me at the Members' Lounge. When he saw me ready to go after the steward's drink, he said, I'll come with you. Well, he came with me to the Members' Lounge. There was no one there, and he said, I'm glad we'd settled our differences. He gave me a cheque for 200 quid for winning the race. Differences? What differences? Well, that's... That's something rather personal. Well, don't be a fool, Leatherby. He's been murdered, don't you understand? You're involved. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. You don't think that... All I... I say is, just be completely frank with me. What were the differences about? Well, sir. I was offered the mount on Insulated. I was about to accept when Mr. Simpson said that Mr. Bayliss would like me to ride Gay Wastrel. Go on. Well, sir, I knew the breeding of Gay Wastrel. I knew she'd had the beating of every other horse. So I agreed to ride the filly. And Mr. Bayliss seemed very pleased. He said to me, I want you to win that race. I want you to win that race more than anything in the world. I've never had a big win. Look, if you're first past the post, there'll be an additional 200 for you. Thank you, sir. If she's anything like Mr. Simpson says she is, she'll win easily, sir. I believe she broke the course record in her trial gallop. Ah, that's quite true. I'm glad you're taking them out. Very pleased indeed. They tell me that you know the course better than any other jockey. That's a very tricky man at the fore, you know. <laughs> I know it, sir. But I'll win, don't you worry. I see. But you said there were differences. Yes, sir. Well, speak up. or were they? Well, sir, I don't like to tell tales about the dead. What were they? Come on, out with it. Well, Inspector, about a week ago, Mr. Bailey sent me. Never be. I've been hearing some disconcerting rumors concerning Mr. Dawes fully insulated. They say she's developed a sensational talent of speed. <laughs> oh, don't you worry about that, sir. They're a different class. Well, there's nothing in insulated breathing that comes anywhere near. Uh, supposing I told you it would be worth a thousand pounds to you if you didn't win the guineas. Are you asking me to pull her up? I've never pulled an horse awesome in life, Mr. Bayliss, and I never will. You see, I'm in somewhat of a spot. Ah, oh, the devil take him. Are you sure? Are you sure, as Simpson, that Gay Wastel has the beating of the others, even insulated? Yes, sir, I'm sure. I'm absolutely positive. Of course, if there's heavy rain. All right, all right. Just forget what I've said. You go in there and win. That's all I meant, sir. Although he asked me to pull the race in the beginning, he turned out to be a true gentleman after all. So you got your cheque for £200 as a reward for winning on Gay Wastel? Yes, sir. And then what happened? Well, as I say, we were in the members' lounge... Another drink, Latherby. No, thank you, sir. Gotta watch me wait, you huh? know. Excuse me, Mr. Bagnester. Oh, Aye, what is it? What it on the battery. Oh, thank you very much. excuse me, Latherby. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, thanks for the tip. Have oh, two pounds on it. Oh, glad you won. I had quite a few quid on her myself. So I can't understand why she started at such a good price. There must have been a fortune on insulated. It oh, was. Ginger Jack and from for Mr. said He himself put a thousand pounds on insulated and fired away. Oh, I knew I had the measure of insulated. As soon as I called on Gay Wastel, I could have won by three lengths, even more. Yeah, I'm afraid I've got to go. I wanted it rather urgently. Oh, Stuart here. Here's the wee celebration for you, too. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. I'll, I'll see you at the Tudor room tonight, lovely. With your wife, of course. Thank you very much, sir. Out and I never saw him again. I see. He didn't tell you where he was going or who he was going to meet. No, sir, he didn't. Everything that I've seen so far confirmed my suspicions. I decided to put off questioning the man I suspected of the murder until all the other ends were tied up. I had another word with the helpful Mr. Giles. Giles? I understand it's a rigid rule that no outside telephone calls can be connected to members or even owners other than extremely urgent ones. Yes, that's right. If a doctor's wanted urgently or someone attending the race meeting has a relative who's met with a serious accident, then they're the exception to the rule. Well, then what happens? Do you put the call through to wherever they may be on the course? Oh, no, that lends itself to a lot of abuses, particularly racing malpractices, you know. No one's allowed to talk racing on the telephone. But Leather tells me that Bayliss received a telephone call whilst they were drinking in the members' lounge after the race. Well, it must have been an internal call. That's allowed. Oh. Is that easily checked? Oh, yes. We're not on a dialing system, you know. Does that mean that anyone on the course can telephone anyone else on the course? Oh, good heavens, no. As a matter of fact, it's a privilege afforded to us stewards, owners and such like. What's the procedure? Well, Well, one goes along to the switchboard, which is at the back of the general office, and... Ask the favor of being put through to the weighing room, the members' lounge, and so on. Used much? Oh, no. As I say, we don't like to encourage this sort of thing. But if you want to find out any more about that, Mr. Godley was on duty. He'd have taken the telephone request. I see. Thanks, Charles. Now, how's the investigation going? Fine. With a bit of luck, the case will be closed within a matter of hours. Come in. Ah, Sergeant Smith. You're right, sir. This fellow Godley remembers Mr. Dawes asking him to raise Mr. Batis in the members' lounge. He says that Dawes spoke to Badis for quite a while, and this fellow Godley remembers him well. 'cause he gave him a ten bob tip. Ah, for once generosity will contribute to the hanging of a man. And what about the car park attendant? The attendant says that Dawes took his car out of the owner's hangar at about twenty past four and left by the north gate. That leads onto the old road. And that leads to Simpson Stables, right? We've got enough. Ask Mr Dawes to come and see me. Right, sir. Dawes was summoned for two thirty the following afternoon. In the meantime, ex-branch and operations were getting out all they could. Within a few hours, our informers and special agents had unearthed very interesting pieces of information. There's no doubt that using intermediaries in the underworld and those in gambling circles, Dawes had attempted to bring off a gambling coup. He'd wagered thousands. Had Gay Wasteful lost and Insulated won, his gain would have been astronomical. Had this double-crossed him? I was soon to know. I don't know why you sent for me, Inspector. Well, I'm checking on everyone's movements. Where were you at half past five, the time when Bayliss was killed? Well, you know as well as I do that the last race wasn't run until 5.20. It was on the race course. Can you prove it? Were you with anybody? Inspector, you obviously know nothing about racing. All of us are lone wolves. We occasionally have a drink with each other. There were over 60,000 people on the race course. And do you expect me to produce them all as aerobites? You swear you never left the course. Could you imagine I would, with the last race not yet run? Why did you telephone Bayliss? Now, what do you mean? And why did you take your car out at twenty minutes past four?
1: Okay. And why no. haven't you
0: paid your debts? You lost a lot of money on Insulated, didn't you? Well, that's my affair. So he double-crossed you on Gay Wastel, eh? Didn't you think for one moment that the reason he decided to run the race straight was that he had a conscience? that he might report you to the jockey club. Report me? You must be mad. It was his idea. He got me to put a fortune on Insulated so that he could get the generous odds of two to one on his own filly. What a dirty trick. Yes. Yes. The respectable Mr. Baelish. Why are you... Are you confessing, Mr. Dawes? Because if you are, I must warn you that He didn't confess then, but he did later. There's no doubt that his allegations were correct. What Leatherby regarded as a change of heart in the owner of Gay Wastral was really a change of approach. Bayliss realized that with Dawes and his gambling promise plunging all the money on Insulated, he would get very good odds on his own horse, and that would pay him to run the race straight. A nice piece of double cross that cost him his life, Yours gave me a semblance of a clue soon after the race. Do you remember how he gave himself away? Well, listen to the commercial, and I'll be back to tell you. What was it that Dawes said that registered with me to the extent that I felt he was involved? It was this. After the unsaddling, Scotty said, I'll hook the Tudor room at colleges for a celebration tonight. You're all invited. Strangely precipitate under the circumstances. Why strangely precipitate under the circumstances? Surely, as a favourite, he anticipated he was going to win. And made arrangements accordingly, unless he was not supposed to anticipate a win. So I found Mr. Dawes's remarks strange under those circumstances. In the moral, racehorse owners never interfere with a jockey riding, lest you get pitchforked into trouble. Good night. <laughs> Epic Casebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, and Niblet's Cheese Twists, with Hugh Rouse as Inspector Carr. Listen again next Thursday night at 9.30 to another exciting story from our... Epic Epic Casebook. <laughs>